T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome into Wiggins America, but this is going to be a very, very full show. Not only do we have a great guest coming up here in this hour, talking about the possibility and even what it would look like if we were hit with an EMP attack. I think you should stick around for that. I'm looking forward to that. This is Wiggins America. Of course, the top news story of the week is both a local story and now a national story. Boy, I wish it would be covered more nationally because this is... I mean, picture yourself in a different city thinking about St. Louis or picture yourself in St. Louis thinking about this happening in Detroit or Philadelphia or Chicago. We do talk about these things because they, while they're local problems, they are becoming national problems because George Soros, and I hate to throw out the name, it's like when conservatives or when liberals throw out the Koch brothers. Like They just say the word, and then you automatically have a reaction to it. And if you're a conservative, you react positively maybe to Koch brothers or negatively if you're liberal, vice versa with George Soros. So I don't want to just throw out the key word and then you know let people chew on it the way that they always do. Consider the fact that this man is so wealthy and so evil that he has used his mass wealth to make already impoverished areas even poorer and more dangerous. That is his goal. He can say whatever he wants, but that is what he's doing. He pays for prosecutors in major cities to not prosecute crime to make them more dangerous so that all the money leaves the area and the people who are left are the people who can't leave necessarily. They're poor or they've never known any different and their lives are just worse. They have no more ability to climb that economic ladder or at least less than they did. And their lives are more dangerous. And I mean, heaven forbid, those of us who work in the city also, our lives are more dangerous. I sometimes want to walk down the street to get KFC or to get some sushi or go to the grocery store once in a while in the middle of the day to get lunch. I, I hesitate. I'm not saying I never do it, but gosh, it, 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 I hesitate to do it, and I hesitate to bring my family down here on the weekends. If there are shows happening, the, the consequences are beyond just safety. They're economic, too, and they, they perpetuate a cycle of poverty, and it's so sad. And it wasn't even really my intention to talk about in this break, because what we're talking about is Kim Gardner. We're talking about the circuit attorney for St. Louis, who was put there by George Soros, who will not par- prosecute crime. And when she does, you can you can look over all kinds of statistics about how much crime is prosecuted before her, how much has been after, how many times they go to court in general, how many times they don't. Um, crime statistics up, of course. How many times they actually go and get a... Uh, get a, a crime prosecuted. 
when they actually choose to do it is lower even than when it was before. So across the, but there's no statistic you really can come up with that's better under Kim Gardner. And that's her goal. You can use whatever language you want, and they try, I think, to convince themselves that they're doing something good, but ultimately they're not, and they, I think they know it. And when things like this, uh, this case, which if you haven't followed it, I'd be really surprised, but it's the case of Janae was her young, young woman's name from out of town. She was from Tennessee in town. She was here for a volleyball tournament. She's not going to be playing volleyball anymore because she lost her legs in an accident on somebody who was driving recklessly who had 50-something bond incidents and should have been in jail or definitely shouldn't have been out driving a car. He had violated so many things that it's a joke. And so I'm going to play for you just a little bit of audio here if you haven't heard any of this. This is from the press conference this week. It's embarrassing. It, it, but we're beyond embarrassment, aren't we? We're to the point where who cares really what people think of us anymore? The problem needs to be fixed. And the good news is I think it is in the process of being fixed. I'm not going to play you the full press conference. I'm just going to play for you the Q&A. This is her accountability section. It's supposed to be when she says, okay, now I'll take questions. Well, she's only going to take a total of three questions here. And the first one is this. My office will return to focusing on the important work that the people of the city of St. Louis elected me. I mean, that was the, uh, the question was amounting to something like, why are you so great? But the opposite way, why are you such a victim? Why are you such a victim? And not even in a pressing way, but you are coming from the conclusion, you are a victim. Tell us how you're going to overcome your victimhood. Kim Gardner, who is creating victims literally in the city of St. Louis all the time, even for people who don't live in St. Louis, is, according to that quote-unquote reporter, a victim. Here are the other two questions that were asked, put together. I didn't edit this. It's just, this is, this is it. Why doesn't the court record show one example of a motion to revoke bond? It's the case that you must not look at it. There's not a motion to revoke bond. Why not? First of all, they are, we have what's called oral motions to revoke bond. Those can be made orally or written. And in this jurisdiction, they are made orally and that is normal practice, and that was done in this case on numerous occasions. Kim, how, the, how mayor, is, the how mayor has said how is, the mayor has said it. Hold it, 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 go ahead, bro. How is it, how is it that the media organizations this is that who are same responsible guy yelling again. for researching these cases before they get on the news and start spewing facts got this so wrong since Judge facts was responsible for the bond which ultimately set the young man free who injured the young lady. In the end of the day, we all know the facts. I want to focus on Ms. Janae Emerson and her family because we all can point fingers, but this young lady's life is affected by the criminal justice system right now. And we want to hold this individual accountable, but I'm not going to point blame to anybody 
the buck stops with my office. And we did our job. And as I said, could we do more? We could. But did we not do nothing? That is not true. Kim, the mayor has said that, that she, uh, in her opinion, you've lost the confidence of the public. You're in this to fight it and prove that you did the right thing. Can you get the public's confidence back at this point? That's Kevin Colleen from KMOX, and obviously we know him, work down the hall from him. He just he quotes the mayor to Shara Jones saying you've lost the confidence of the public. People at that thing shouted him down, and she never answered the question. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the studio, Old Roy. Heidi ho <laughs> That's going to be... My- no, what was your last one? Thank you. That was or something like that. Yeah, I, it, was, I, I, it didn't stick. So no, I it come clearly up with a new didn't. One. No, Heidi Ho is not the one. Heidi Ho is not good. <laughs> uh, so you, I know you couldn't be here until now, which means that you missed your recorded piece that me and Trisha talked about. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Scorpions for Squirrels, and I appreciate that that you were able to record that last week, mm-hmm. even though we couldn't do it with you. Uh, I do have one random topic that I want to talk about with you. Okay. Um. I presented this eh, a couple weeks ago on the Annie Fry Show, and then I got to studying it even more, and I became fascinated with it, presenting the same situation to you as I did to them. You step off of a plane, and okay. really, it, you can be anywhere, but you, you, you call an Uber, okay, and car shows up, you open the door, there's no driver in the car. Do you get in or not? I think I would do it. Do you? Yeah. I thought you might. Just to see what happens. The consensus on that show was no. Really? They would not get in because it was too weird to get into a car with no driver. But the news is that Amazon is testing a fleet of robo-taxis on public roads right now in California using their own employees as passengers. And you get in the car, and just like anything else, I mean, you just, Uber, you know, it's the same. Everything's done on apps. Yeah. You just type in where you want to go. It's going to take you there, but without a driver. Yeah, I would do it. I think I would, too. I, it would be weird to be the first one, 
Like you just first time you ever see it yeah. and you go, uh, this is odd. But I think once you've seen it and you, you know, there's news that it exists now, I think I would probably get in. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not like it's, it's unheard of. I mean, we've seen it in movies. Mm-hmm. They've it been talking well about movies. it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, Teslas are self-driving, some of them. So it's not like, oh my God, this is some demon <laughs> thing that I'm that I'm stepping into a weird, fantastical world. It's, Somebody's driving this car and they might be a ghost. <laughs> oh no, sir, uh, this is a self-driving car. But uh, beyond that, you know, just the initial like ooh and ah of it, uh, what do you think about that whole industry? Is this something that you would get behind? Uh, well, let me let me paint a picture of okay. the future that these. And this is where I said that I'm really interested to see what these people because at these forums and stuff, you know, they always paint this unbelievable utopia, right? For whatever product industry they're hawking, and with this one, proponents of the self driving car paint a future in which you, old Roy, step out onto your porch. And you hit the button, it says, I'm ready to go to work now. And a self-driving car, which is not far away because there's just they're everywhere, it would be like basically self-driving taxis all over the United States, pulls up within a couple minutes, you get in, it takes you to work. It's just like those bikes or those scooters downtown that you just ride them somewhere and you just leave them. It would be kind of like that, but you'd be going everywhere by app and by these cars. Like the Jetsons. Kind of, I guess where you really would not have to own a car anymore. It seems interesting, but I can't... There's something missing where I can't figure out there's a problem here, and I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a little torn on it because a good chunk of the time I'm getting to the point where get rid of smartphones, just go yeah. back to the old rotaries and stick me in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> but... Um, you know, there's a, there's an element of that. It's hard to visualize it functioning in conjunction with the way things are. If there was a system, if we could just jump to... Everybody's doing that. Everybody's doing it. it I think one part that, that is troubling is, is there's, a, there's an element of, of freedom that we're giving up. Not in that it's being... Something's being imposed on us, but it's... The ability to just go wherever we want to go, whenever we want to do it, and not be reliant on public transportation or... Well, you still would be able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, based on availability, I guess, but... You can't just pick up and jump in your truck and go drive into the woods and go hunting, you know? Well, I guess not. Maybe not. Yeah. It would probably have to drop you off at, like, hunting point B right. or something. <laughs> yeah. So it... It, it it adds a level of complication to our ability to move freely. Yeah, and it I think I think you're kind of even hitting on it as we're talking. Uh, the problem that I have, yeah, that you're more and more reliant on the grid. Yeah, you're you're more and you're you can be tracked so much more easily. And I don't know really why they would need to, but they will. They absolutely will need to track you for something at some point. And the more you rely on the grid, <clears throat> the more, oh, you just said something wrong about trans people. You've been um, 
subjected to two weeks with no transportation, right? Of uh, no public transportation or whatever it is. That kind of stuff. It, it seems surreal, but I think everybody's coming around to the idea that no, actually, that's not that unreal. Mm-hmm. And the more reliant you are on it, <clears throat> I, you you've dealt with this. That in Illinois. To go off the grid with power, you'd think, well, you buy a bunch of solar panels, and then you just live off the grid. Right. You can't. Nope. Legally, they tell you, not only can you not do... We want you to do that, but then you still have to plug in for us. Yes. And is that because they want to take your excess, or what is that? Yeah. So so we put up the solar panels. We have to connect to Ameren's grid. They take everything that those panels generate and then credit our usage. Which seems like a pretty good deal, except that you're forced into it. Right. We don't have any control over it. We can't just say, we don't need you, Amron. We got it covered. Yeah, that sucks. They get their they get their hands on it first, and then they give us what's left over. Ah. So or, you don't even get your first fruits, and then they get the leftovers. They're taking it first. They take it. Well, they take our usage first. Uh-huh. If there's extra... They keep it and <clears throat> compensate us for it, credit mm-hmm. us for it. Um, if if we use more than the, the the panels generate, then we we give them all of our solar power and pay them on top yeah. of that. So it's it's not as freeing as yeah, like you're saying. It's not like hey, we can get off the grid now because. And if people didn't punish you politically, I mean, I live in Illinois and. I don't. I don't have any delusions that I'm under, you know, like on the radar of anybody. Maybe I am, though. I I don't know. I mean, just being a part of conservative media in a major market in Illinois, there probably are people that at least know to keep an eye on me. I don't know if they're coming after me, mm-hmm. but I will say that it it comes to mind, and I I don't know whether these things are linked. That it is now February. I switched my car title over in May of last year and have not been sent the car title and I have been over and over and over going through and I <clears throat> thankfully I didn't do this myself I went through a company that knows how to do this mm-hmm. and you got to pay a little bit more but you know you save the hassle of dealing with the state which I'm glad I did now yeah <clears throat> because the state has basically over and over decided well we don't really know what ha- or oh, you didn't fill out uh, this blank right well, this is a company that does it all the time doing it. Yeah. And they're like, uh, we do this. I don't know why they would say that this time. Yeah. And it just makes me think, is there somebody at the state level who's like, oh, I recognize that name. He's in conservative media. I don't know. I don't know, Roy. Uh, I you, hope not. You are pretty famous. I'm super famous. Let's not. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if the people at the state are really paying that close attention to you just Thanks. yet. Thanks for knocking me down a couple pegs. Yeah. It's just that my mind goes there <laughs> because I'm like, eh, this is Illinois. Yeah. Uh, I know they know some people who work here because people here are connected. So yeah. I, I don't run in those circles, so I hope to stay out of those circles, but maybe I've been dragged into them. I, I don't know. You're right. I'm overthinking this. Yeah. However, can we at least point to the government of Illinois is terrible at their jobs. I concur. Can we agree on we that? We can agree on that for sure. Thank you. And thank you for all of your contributions this morning. Yep. Uh, we will be right back with more Wiggins America.
97.1 FM Talk, this is Wiggins America. If you've ever worried about an EMP attack, then you're in the same boat as I am. I actually wrote a book myself, a novel called The Life of Human, where that's a part of the plot. But I didn't know. I looked into it just enough to know exactly you know, that, that nobody was going to call me on any of the facts. But I'm no expert on the subject. But this is a real subject. This is a real possibility and a real threat that I think most people are at least somewhat aware of. So I did want to talk to an expert. His name is William Forstchen. He is a uh, the author, really, of the book on the subject, One Second After, among other books. William, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. So tell us what the actual likelihood of this is, because we're all we're all aware of the possibility, but how likely is this that it could be an issue or a problem for us? Okay, uh, let's define it first. EMP stands for Electromagnetic Pulse Weapon. Uh, it's created by lofting a small nuclear warhead about, you know, a little bit bigger than a Hiroshima bomb, 200 miles out in space, detonated, And that sets up an electrostatic discharge in the upper atmosphere, cascades down to the Earth, growing in intensity. When it hits the Earth's surface at the speed of light, feeds into all the wiring systems, of which we got millions of miles, overloads the electrical capability, short circuits the electrical structure of America out. In other words, we go dark. And it's, it's not... It sounds tinfoil hat. It's not. It's very, very real. It's considered a major threat. And the likelihood of it, it's going to happen sooner or later. Well, William, let me ask you this. Uh, Since you mentioned it, does this have to be a nuclear warhead? Or is there some other way that this could affect America other than a nuke being detonated? Uh, there are ways of generating uh, an EMP, but it's very, unlike Hollywood, it's very, very limited, you know, a city block. Well, uh, that's good to know because that's why, yeah, I think we've all seen movies where, you know, something is, it, it's not a nuke, so that's good to know. Oh, the, the movies drive me nuts because they always seem to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the what this looks like. And, and you know, you wrote about this in One Second After and the subsequent novels. Uh, and I'd like to hear a little bit about this movie that's being made about your novel, too. Um, <laughs> but what about the reality of this? Is this something that you say, you know, in our lifetime, somewhere we're actually going to have to deal with? And how are we protected against it? Okay. Throughout history, mankind's always inventing better weapons. Poison gas, World War One, nuclear weapons, World War Two. If a weapon system is made, it's almost like that old movie, you know, it's a baseball player. If they make it, they will come. Sooner or later, somebody will use it. A major player could be China. The scenario that scares me is China handing off a couple of weapons to North Korea, the Taliban, Somebody like that gives them the launch capability. And if it hits the United States, we're done. We are literally done one second after. Because with the, think about it. The electrical grid is the foundation of our society. Kill the electricity, you lose everything. And it doesn't come back. Unlike a movie, you get EMP, shorts the system. That's it. It's over with. Congressional studies show... Two major congressional studies estimated death rate would be 90% within a year. 90% of all Americans would die. Wow. William Forschen on the phone with us. He's the expert on EMP attacks. 
And I want to ask, the, the thing that I'm sort of interested to know is politically, and I'm sure you've thought these things out, if that were to happen to the United States, isn't this mutually assured destruction then? It, it wouldn't be as if China could step into the void because wouldn't we just do the same thing back to them? That, that's a great question. You know, back in the 60s with uh, nuclear warfare blowing each other's cities apart, it's called mutual assured destruction. You do it to us, we do it to you. This is a different type of warfare involving only a couple of weapons. The scenario I'm afraid of is China is an instigator, but they then use a third-party player like Iran, you know, or North Korea, which just yesterday launched a bunch of cruise missiles and keeps saying they're going to do us. North Korea actually has films out showing them EMP in the United States. That's the type of threat I really worry about. Boy, you know what? I Until the last month, I would have thought, oh gosh, there's no way. I've seen, you know, our our dome technology stopping missiles uh, from coming into Israel from Iraq and Iran. And, and, you know, the technology, I would have thought, we're so far ahead of these things, there's no way. And then they float a balloon into the United States, among other things, and we don't mm-hmm. know what to do about it. So I think I've been shaken a little bit by some of that stuff. Because I just always assumed that even if it's China working through North Korea, for instance, or any scenario like that, I thought, gosh, these people, we're going to have a warning system. We're going to have anti tech. We're going to have technology that's going to shoot these things down. But now I don't know. I mean, reassure me a little bit that we at least are, are considering these things. Do you want me to tell you a fairy tale and reassure you? <laughs> uh, okay. I, I guess I'll opt for the truth, but. All right, here's the truth. We do have an anti-ballistic missile system, but most of it is deployed in Alaska to hit about 30 or 40 warheads. But the lower West Coast, the entire Gulf of Mexico, and the eastern United States is wide open. You could put one of these missiles in a container ship, pull it out, blow the missile. If need be, since they're crazy, they'll blow up their own ship then where do we point the finger? It's too late. You know, in my book, towards the end, I have somebody say, well, North Korea was a player and we flattened them, to which my main character responded, does that change anything for us? Yeah. doesn't. It's over. It is over. So is there anything that a person listening right now who maybe has thought about these things, never really taken any action, is there anything an average person can do outside the government? (laughs) Run around. No, no. There's a lot you can do. Uh, And this doesn't apply just to EMP, but to any major disaster. Every person should stockpile a few basic things in their life. Water. Water is the most important because without electricity, we will lose our water supply. Just put a couple cases of water in your closet. Even if you're just a single parent with a couple of kids, you could build up a supply of a month or two because one of the things that goes wrong with the full blowdown of the grid, command and control is lost. Cities will descend into chaos. You don't want to be out in the middle of the street trying to find a bottle of water, be able to hold up. So food, just freeze-dried fruit to start, or even cans of soup. Yeah, you got to think about personal security. But I always say there, if you're going to go for that, Be well-trained in what you're doing. And also a key thing, medication. 
If you have crucial medications, always keep a supply of at least a month or two on hand. Again, your pharmacies will be closed because the computers don't work. So these basic things can make a big difference. And finally, for heaven's sake, pressure your congressional representatives to get a bill passed. You know, under Trump, they were starting to take this seriously. They were actually starting to do studies and reports to move towards congressional action. And the day the new administration came in, they stopped it. We're spending a trillion dollars on infrastructure, not one dime on infrastructure security against EMP. Oh, but we've we've cha- we've uh, changed the pronouns of airmen to be air people, though. So I, I think oh, that's yeah, probably that's, worth that's, it. That's going to protect us. Yeah, <laughs> of course. William Forston, before we let you go, tell me a little bit about your book series, if people want to get your books, and about this movie that's being ba- based on the first book. Okay, uh, the book series is called One Second After the John Matheson Books. You can pick, you know, the best bet is to go to Amazon, get the Kindle, or if you're stuck in traffic every day while things still work, get the audio edition. Uh, The movie, From Your Lips to God's Ear, you you know how Hollywood goes. Oh, yeah, it's in development hell, huh? Oh, it's in development. We have the producer, we have some screenplays written. We're trying to get to the next step of getting money for a pilot. But that's hurry up and wait. So <laughs> I know that world. I know that world. And that is you the do, worst part you? of it. Yes. How's yours going? Uh, well, based on that book, I'm not even trying because I already went through it and had a couple series and uh, realized that, man, it takes it's, – it's more work. The creative work is like the fun part that you never get to do. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah. you know the old the old Hollywood joke. Uh, you heard about the dumb. Oh God, this is a sexist joke. You heard about the dumb blonde in Hollywood. She <laughs> was so dumb she dated the book writer. <laughs> yes, yes, and there, but there's so much truth in that joke, though. Oh, there is. <laughs> Beyond the blonde part, I mean, it, for anybody, don't don't date a writer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, William. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, we can connect again soon. And and uh, hey, you know, maybe the movie's made by then. Well, I hope so. The key thing is keep getting the word out there about EMP. We have to raise public awareness. Public awareness will finally mean congressional action at some point. Absolutely. So we've got a few presidential contenders now on the Republican side. I think we may have a couple on the Democrat side, too. Uh, Most of the time, these people are looking to not necessarily win the nomination, but to raise their profile. And then, if in the case of Donald Trump, I think that's what he was doing. Uh, If they end up actually doing better than they thought they did, then great. Then uh, my profile got raised even higher. Do I actually want to be president? I don't know. Donald Trump, uh, I, I question whether he actually wanted to be president. I, well, not that he wanted to. Clearly he wanted to. I just didn't think he thought he was going to get it in 2016. And then and then once he got the nomination, that he was going to win. I, I've read some insider stuff from people who, you know, aren't necessarily trying to out Donald Trump or, or destroy his career or anything, who just talked about that first day. That first moment when he found out that he had won, what his reaction was, and it was almost like he he didn't really believe it. <laughs> so I don't think he he thought he was going to win. So there's this Vivek Ramaswamy that is now running, and Nikki Haley on the Republican side, and that has drawn some criticism. Now I think, uh, especially Vivek 
Ramaswamy uh, is a really smart guy. I I welcome his presence in the GOP column simply because I think he's going to start conversations about things and have really, really good, thoughtful discussions about conservative ideas that will help. You know, if he's given a platform, uh, he will force people to be thinking about some things, hopefully that even we talk about on these shows, on my sh- this show, these shows, these shows on 97.1, I guess that is true. Um, but I wanted to focus in on this thing simply because we're almost at the top of the hour and uh, it it shocked me a little bit. I, I Shocked is uh, overused and I'm not going to necessarily tell you that I was jaw-droppingly shocked, but a little surprised that somebody on the left, I retract everything I just said. Of course, somebody on the left is going to have a double standard when it comes to race Uh, and not political race. I mean, talking about race and racism. This is from Matthew Sheffield, who, if it's just some person, then who cares? But he's a correspondent for the Young Turks. If you're not familiar with the Young Turks, they are an online-only, as far as I know, news organization. They they do have a pretty big following. If you are an avowed leftist, you know about the Young Turks. They are so far left. They're in that they're in that sweet spot, you could say, where the, some of the people who go so far left, like the Squad, the AOCs, they actually start to circle back around on certain things into populism, and Bernie would do this sometimes too, into populism that that almost makes you seem not conservative, but at least part of the anti-establishment movement that conservative politics have really embraced, and I, I fully embrace. And so there is some crossover once in a while when it comes down to like government industrial complexes and the spending that happens and the crony capitalism stuff that happens. Uh, Some of the far leftists are in the same camp as we are once in a while on those things, even though most of their ways they get there are crazy. Um, These guys, the young Turks, they actually stop just short of ever even going into the populist camp. They stop right where you'd actually have some crossover or help. So some of those things are because the left wants to look out for the little guy. The young Turks go so far left, but then they stop right before actually ever helping anyone. They're about as bad as it gets. And The Huffington Post used to be a lot like that, but the Huffington Post has turned into almost like a celebrity blog at times. They're just sort of sensationalist. The young Turks are angry. They are angry leftists. So, with that in mind, here is what Matthew Sheffield from the Young Turks said. Now that she's running for the Republican presidential nomination, Nikki Haley is pretending to have a Southern accent. It's fitting that she's doing this during an appearance on Fox. Her real accent, I'll play in just a minute. So here's the first one that she says, here's Nikki Haley trying to have a Southern accent. So let's just humor this idea that Again, you couldn't do this if you were right-leaning talking about a leftist. They would call you out like crazy. But since they're left and they're calling out the right, people are just going to go, whatever. So let's let's play by the rules for a second. Let's, let's enter the ring, and I'll play for you this clip. 
where he's saying she is putting upon a Southern accent, you tell me. And you're on the debate stage, and the question is, what makes you a better president than the former president? What's your answer? So I know you've heard this, but I don't kick sideways. I kick forward. This is what I'll tell you, though. I mean, all you have to do is look at where our country is. I saw this in New Hampshire. Families are hurting. You look at the fact that our government's growing, our economy's shrinking, our borders are open, our minds are constantly being closed with woke ideology. Well, there's a lot of... Okay, so we'll pause right there. That's the clip that this guy from the Young Turks chose to say, look, she's faking an accent. Now, when I heard that, I thought, well, that's that sounds like Nikki Haley to me. I, I, I don't hear anything in what she's saying that sounds different than any other time, but maybe he's got something somewhere where she doesn't have any accent at all, like she just sounds completely Midwest Missouri, which, by the way, we are... We and Kansas, apparently, right here is where there is apparently the least accent for any American English speaker in the world is is right here, right in the center of the country is what they say. <clears throat> so maybe there's a clip of her talking exactly like us or maybe having a northern accent or something, and I'm not aware of it, but that sounded like Nikki Haley to me. So Matthew Sheffield says, now here's the clip, quote, here's what Nikki Haley sounds like, like this is her normal voice. This isn't code switching or unconsciously altering your accent to address speakers with it, which, by the way, does happen. We all do it. I try, I cognizantly try to not do it. I remember even being in high school and there would be different groups of people that, you know, would you kind of want to fit in with. And I would make sure to not talk like them <laughs> because I knew that's that what's what people do. And. So, of course, everybody does that a little bit. We slam Biden for, you know, when he goes into a black church talking in a certain way. And and really, he's not the only one. So apparently that is called code switching if you're doing it or unconsciously altering it if you're not trying to do it. He says, Fox, Haley, Trump, and almost all right-wing media figures think Republican voters are superstitious idiots. So here's the clip. Tell me if you can tell the difference between what I just played, which is supposed to be her with a southern accent, and this clip, which is supposed to be her normal accent. Both of these clips from Fox. He talked a lot about food insecurity and billions of dollars going to that. Well, you've got food insecurity in America. And the idea that a third of Americans are dipping into their savings account, 60% of Americans are in credit card debt, you know, one in six can't pay their utility bill. It, I just don't understand his spending spree when we have inflation right. and times that are tough. And the one thing I would always say at the UN, you know, everybody's got their hand out. It doesn't mean you have to feed it. You got to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody else. You mentioned he talked. Okay, I now I'm I'm laying I'm making the case before you because when I heard those two clips, I could tell almost no difference, and maybe I'm missing it. And you're just like, yeah, you know what? Because I'm watching the clips, and it does make a difference to watch than just listen. So if you're hearing it, you're not seeing it. You're just hearing it as I'm playing it. Maybe you're hearing something that I'm not. But to me, this sounds like somebody trying to create not only a controversy, but use race and, I don't know, geography to do it. It's just weird. It's gross. And I should have never used the word shocked because I'm not shocked. It's not even really shocking. It's just surprising 
because I can't believe somebody's trying to make something out of that. Again, unless you can hear something I can't, it sounds like there is... It sounds like it's just the same person talking. I mean, I really... I don't know what else to say other than that. All right, we'll take a short break. we got another whole hour coming up next of Wiggins America. Stick around. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.